Hey there, happy Friday. Nate Dickinson with you. You're tuned in to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Every single weekday, we give you an update on everything going on with the Gophers and, of course, break down a little bit as well, get you some analysis too. Of course, we start every show off with a rundown of what you might have missed in the last 24 hours in sports around the Gophers. We'll get to that right now. Going on in Gopher sports at the moment, it's big, big for hockey this weekend. We're going to talk about it later to wrap up the show, but the board will battle with everyone up in the rankings between Minnesota and Wisconsin on both the men's and women's side. Both these teams highly ranked, and of course, it's a big rivalry game as always when Minnesota and Wisconsin meet up. That one will start tomorrow. We'll break down a little bit of the matchups again at the end of the show. Elsewhere on the Gopher schedule, as far as sports goes today, Gopher men's golf is actually down in Florida. Lucky them for a Big Ten match play event this weekend. The women's tennis team is at the Badger Invitational this weekend. Also, Minnesota Wrestling matches up with Illinois today, and volleyball is at Purdue as well. Not a whole lot else going on around Minnesota sports news on a Friday. Men's tennis starts on Valentine's Day, we learned. Their schedules came out for that spring season, at least. It'll be a February 14th start for Minnesota against those Badgers from Wisconsin to start off the season. Good way to start it off. And one thing we did miss from yesterday, yesterday was Booth Gotch's birthday. Gophers couldn't get him a win. We will break that down in our second segment, but a happy birthday to the Minnesota native, Booth Gotch, who, again, has been a big contributor for the Gophers so far this season. Now, let's talk a little bit about the game yesterday. Before we break down everything that happened, I want to talk about what happened just in the last about minute of play because it's something that Minnesota fans were really, really unhappy about, but I just wasn't quite happy with some of the way they were unhappy about it. So I, I'll explain. Marcus Carr tried to take over in the last minute for Minnesota in a close game against a Rutgers team right with them in the Big Ten standings and in a similar position in NCAA tournament regard as well. Marcus Carr decided to try and take it all on himself in the last couple of possessions. Now Rutgers defended him hard, and it was hard for him to get any good shots, and down by three he ended up taking one last final prayer that I think everybody knew when it went off his hand just the way that he shot it. It wasn't going to go in, or it would take a miracle for him to get that shot online. But a lot of people were upset that Marcus Carr was so selfish about it. And I don't disagree with that. Now, I saw a lot of people talking about how he was trying to do everything by himself, and that's true, he did. And maybe there were better shots if he had passed the ball around a little more for somebody else to find, or maybe if he moves the ball a little more than he did he's able to find himself a better shot too. But we talked about it on Wednesday. This is his job to do everything for this team. When he tries to take over, it is because, well, he's the takeover guy. And the Gophers wouldn't have been close in those last couple of minutes, if you don't remember, if Carr hadn't been going off and taking over throughout the second half. He was really, really good for a stretch there in which the Gophers really needed him to be as well. We talked about it on Wednesday. He's a guy who does it every single game and needs to. And when he's going into the last minute, he has to be thinking that this is his shot and this is his responsibility even to lead his team to this win and do it with him being the one taking the shots because that's his job. Who else is going to do it? If you're drawn up to play to try and get yourself either tied in this case to go to overtime or at least in the last couple of possessions just get yourself back into the game. Who's the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands most? It's Marcus Carr, and he did. 
he wasn't able to get himself points this time. I will be completely okay if you say that Marcus Carr didn't take good shots and that maybe he should have passed the ball around a little bit more. I'll always take a good shot over a bad shot, obviously. I don't want a bad Marcus Carr shot over a good shot from someone like Gabe Kalsher even, who's been shooting terribly as of late, or uh, uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr., who is good, or anybody else. I want Marcus Carr taking that shot. But if it's a bad shot, I'm fine with somebody else taking a good one. The point is, you can't be mad at Marcus Carr for being the guy who took the shots. That's asking too much of him. You can't ask this guy to go out there every single day and be the one who does it all, all the time. But then at the end of the game, say, oh, you should have not tried to be the same thing that we want you to be all the time in that last second. So Marcus Carr took a shot that was bad at the end, and he tried to take over in the last minute of a game and wasn't able to do it really at all. Rutgers did a honestly really good job defending him one-on-one in that last minute when they hadn't really been able to do so at all throughout that second half. So kudos to them, and we'll talk more about what Rutgers did good on defense throughout the game, throughout stretches. But anyway, you can't have him be the guy who is the biggest guy on the team with the biggest role on a team that's trying to fight through a Big Ten that is the best in the country, and the best maybe it's been in the last, well, I I don't even know where to go with it. The Big Ten's always good, but it's the Big Ten's best season in at least a few years. When you have a guy with that kind of responsibility behind him, you can't get mad at him when he's taking the last shots of the game. That's his job. He's the one that's supposed to take over, or at the very least, find the best shots for his team, right? And you can argue that that wasn't the best shot the Gophers could have gotten. But you can't argue with the idea of Marcus Carr taking that shot. Because too many people were just so upset. I saw, I was following on Twitter as the game was happening. So many people were so upset that he took the shot. And I'm just like, that's not the point. It wasn't a good shot. And maybe the Gophers could have drawn up a better play for him, especially in that last uh, play instance in particular, when it was just one play to try and get back into it. But, like, you know when you're drawing up that play that Marcus Carr is shooting the shot, right? You're not using him as a decoy. Because there's nobody else really who can get up to where he is at as far as the efficiency in scoring. Jamal Mashburn was hot yesterday. Maybe you could have run something for him, but I don't know. I'm not putting the the game in the hands of a freshman that's just having a really good game at the moment. Marcus Carr is that guy, and I was upset to see people being so upset that he didn't give up that shot. No, I want Marcus Carr having the mentality that this is my shot to take, because it should be every single time. We'll get into everything that went on in the four-point loss for the Gophers to Rutgers yesterday in just a moment here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, but first... You may have heard there's a pretty big game going on on Sunday night, and you can get in on the action over at betonline.ag. Now, this is our new official partner here at Locked On. So any lines that you hear on any of our podcasts, that is from BetOnline. If you want to go and bet it, you can go and get it live when you hear it from us over at betonline.ag. And they're going to help you out as well. Sign up today for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% off or 50% off, a 50% match on your first initial deposit. 
There's a big Super Bowl going on this weekend, if you haven't heard. You can win money as well as having a good time, especially in this first COVID Super Bowl that we had when maybe you don't have a big party to go to. Get yourself riled up. Put some money on the game responsibly, of course. Never bet any more than you can afford it to lose. Again, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. We're talking Gopher Basketball's game against Rutgers as a whole in just a moment here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. I'll be right back after this. Nate Dickinson with Locked On. Locked on Golden Gophers, Nate Dickinson back with you again. Talking everything that went down yesterday between Rutgers and Minnesota. A tough loss for Gopher fans to watch. If you were following us on Twitter, at LO Golden Gophers, you would have been able to hear some of my thoughts as the game was happening. So go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter there. Again, that's at LO Golden Gophers. Again, I'm Nate Dickinson. You can follow me on Twitter as well. I tweet Gopher stuff and all sorts of sports stuff as well. That's at Nate with Sports, Nate with Sports on Twitter for my personal account. Before we get into what happened with the game yesterday between Minnesota and Rutgers, you can get more of the sports news that you need in less time right here in the friendly Locked On format that you know and love here with Locked On Golden Gophers with the new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts, probably right here, however you're listening to this one, too. All right, so let's break down everything that happened between the Gophers and Rutgers on Thursday night. Uh, I took down some notes, as I always do, just as the game was going on. I have my big picture kind of takeaways as well, but I do like to just kind of give you a rundown of my roadmap as I was watching the game. You'll remember both teams started out just shooting terribly to start the game. I don't know what that was. I I was pretty quick to discard it after things kind of got clicking again, but... Uh, it was just really, really bad and sloppy to start, and I just threw it away kind of those first few minutes. After the scoring got started, the Gophers were kind of dominated inside. Rutgers was really, really good both on offense and on defense really early in the game in both getting some buckets down low, getting offensive rebounds as well, getting themselves chances against a Liam Robbins who was in the game for the majority of the first half. He picked up an early foul, which I didn't like to see, but he did a really good job of keeping himself at that one foul for almost all the first half. He picked up a reach-in foul that I thought was foolish near the end of it, but he did a good job keeping himself on the floor, so kudos to that. But outside of that, during most of the first half, Liam Robbins was a non-factor, and I was kicking myself because we talked all about how great he had been on yesterday's show. But Robbins was unable to do anything, really. It it was, I think, like with six or seven minutes left in the first half, I was watching the live box score. Robbins had like two points off only two shots and only one rebound. Rutgers was doing a good job on him defensively and keeping him from being able to be a big presence as a seven-foot man should on a big basketball court. Rutgers was great early. But then midway through the first half, give some credit to the Gophers because it seems like they just kind of flipped a switch on it. They were able to start working things inside. After early on, 
Passes that tried to get inside to Robbins were being deflected away left and right. Rutgers ran a 2-3 zone for a while that seemed to confuse the Gophers for at least a little bit. But then they got things together, were able to figure it out a bit, and got things inside on drives, made some mid-range floaters as well, and were able to crack that a bit. At, at the other end also picked up the work as well as far as making sure that Rutgers wasn't able to get too many easy baskets down low. I was surprised by that kind of mid-half adjustment that Richard Pitino was able to make. It seemed like they kind of made an adjustment you'd normally see at a halftime just 10 minutes through the game, which is kind of hard to do and a bit of a sign of the experience that this Gopher team has and their ability to do that. Again, Robbins was kind of slow up until the last few minutes of the half, but then he exploded. I want to say, yeah, I do have it down. He had eight points and five rebounds at the half. So that was like in the last five or six minutes, picked up four boards and six points. So he was able to get it going. As I mentioned, they worked things inside with him more. And Jamal Mashburn was a big part of that first half comeback as well. He finished the half, I think, with 10 points, had himself a couple of big three balls as well. And the Gophers were able to, I think, yeah, they had a two-point lead. I'm sure you guys know better than I do. It was close game. I think it was two-point lead for the Gophers at halftime. But the point is, Gophers were down early, kind of big, and more importantly, not really looking like they were playing well or having a great night. But they were able to turn it around midway through the half. And the second half was kind of more of the same. Difference was Marcus Carr, though. Carr just took over at a stretch in that second half, as we talked about in the first segment. But the speed on this guy is something that is special in a way that it can take over a game for a couple of minutes that you saw against Rutgers. He's just that good, especially when he can get into transition. When he can start running downhill, it seems like he's always going to, at the very least, be able to get to the basket without any sort of problem. Likely draw a foul, if not get himself the and one opportunities that he got during that second half run, where he was just reeling them off left and right. There's just a couple plays every game, it seems like, where you realize, oh, yeah, that's why he's going to the NBA. That guy is better than everybody else on the floor for at least a couple of minutes every single game, it seems like. If he can do that all the time, obviously he's one of the best players in college basketball, which he's already been this season, and can be a really great NBA prospect. But right now you see it in him. You see the ability to just kind of turn it on like he did in that stretch and get into his own, and it's really, really exciting to watch. Robbins continued to get better throughout the second half as well. I'll find real quick his uh, final box score and give it to you before we go. But I do want to get into one more thing, just kind of more big picture, before we get into the Gopher hockey matchups this weekend, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But it felt like, and we haven't really even talked about the loss itself, the fact that the Gophers weren't able to pull off this win. We talked a lot about it in in that first segment as well. But big picture-wise... I tweeted this out yesterday while it was happening. Game was tied. It it was either 60-all or 63-all. And I tweeted out that this game felt like a game last year that the Gophers would not win. Because if you remember last season, going into February, Gophers were right on the bubble. Not in as good of a situation as they stand in bracketology as things are right now. But without a doubt, had plenty of opportunities throughout that month of February to secure an NCAA tournament bid. There were so many games that the Gophers were in late, but just didn't win. They let every opportunity slip through the fingers. And I tweeted out yesterday when the game was tied, I said, this game feels like that game. This is the time for Minnesota to prove that this team is not that team. 
unfortunately, they didn't do that yesterday. That's not saying I don't believe that this team is that team from last year. I don't. This team is better. It's more experienced. And in a really talented Big Ten, has been able to hold its chin up and fight on its own and fight for itself to be able to compete in the toughest conference in all of the country. But the guys on Selection Sunday don't care about that. They care about being able to beat Rutgers on a Thursday in February. And Minnesota was not able to do that. And the team still is winless in the Big Ten on the road as well. Nate Dickinson here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Sorry to end on such a sorry note there. We'll get into hockey in just a moment. That's more exciting stuff. But first, before we talk Gopher hockey, got to talk to you about Rock Auto. Now, we talked about Rock Auto earlier in the week as well. If you have a car, the car needs parts. And sooner or later, you're going to have to get some new ones for it at some point. You're not buying a new car every time something goes wrong, right? And you go to either a dealership or a junkyard maybe, try to find the part that you need. It's hard. There's so many makes and models right now that you need so many specific parts. A lot of places don't have them. And when you do find them, it's, well, labor for them to find them. So they end up charging you quite a bit. RockAuto.com wants to be that place where you can find everything and it's direct to you. They cut out that middleman. So you get great prices and you never really have to get a headache trying to find what exactly you need. You get all the parts exactly how you need them. And they can even make sure by asking the questions, hey, what is your car's specific model number or or year and stuff like that? I don't know cars that well, but you know what I'm saying. They'll make sure you're not getting the wrong part to get you through the whole process at a low price. And they'll help you out as well. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write locked on in the little box that says, how did you hear about us? So they know that we sent you over here at Locked On. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We're talking go for hockey in just a minute to wrap up our program and wrap up the week. That's coming up right after this here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson, back with you in just a moment. Locked on Golden Gophers podcast. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're wrapping up the show. Hey, if you're a betting man, I'd like to participate responsibly, of course. But if you are a betting guy, betting on the Gophers doesn't have to be a guessing game. Now, I know you already know a lot about Minnesota, and hopefully you learn a little bit by listening to the show. Maybe just like hearing me talk. I don't know. But if you are someone who likes to bet, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. You can listen in to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's talk about what's going down on the ice this weekend. Big matchup, both men's and women's hockey, and maybe even bigger for the women's. I mean, I would say obviously bigger for the women's. Minnesota women's hockey, number two right now. Wisconsin is number one. It's the biggest rivalry for both of these schools, and it's one, at least on the men's side, that Minnesota has been able to dominate. But you got to watch this women's game, too. If you're someone who hasn't followed the Gopher women's hockey team, this is the time to watch a game this weekend, Saturday or Sunday. It's number one versus number two. Literally the best of the best when it comes to women's college hockey. There is no 
other time to get in than right now. And you can watch it again. Over the weekend, I believe, here, I'll get it right now up so we have the exact times. I know the Sunday time for the women's game, as I struggle to find things on my calendar. Oh, go for women's hockey on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Exactly. So, all right, 4 p.m. tomorrow. Watch it. Enjoy it. It'll be a lot of fun. Really, really talented players out there on the ice. Over on the men's side, Minnesota, number two team in the country, but the Badgers are not quite up to the same standards, ranked number 12 and 11 in the two major polls. But come into this matchup having already beaten the Gophers once already, too. So there's a whole lot at stake. Minnesota, as far as just stats goes, by the way, plenty of people already know has dominated Minnesota this series. The current record, 132-10 and 10 in favor of the Gophers all-time. Rivalry started in 1921, the inaugural season for the Minnesota hockey team. They've been going at it right from the start. This Minnesota team had really high expectations going into the season. I'm not a huge hockey guy. I know hockey. I know the rules and regulations. I don't know the stories of all these players on this team. I'm not as adept when it comes to the analysis behind hockey, so I'm not going to pretend that I am. We'll get someone on here who knows his stuff more to actually talk more about like the ins and outs of these matchups. But right now, I'm not going to try and play and let you think that I know so much about hockey that I can teach you about it. I, I don't. I do not. I can talk hockey with you, but I'm not someone who can talk to you in a podcast about it. So I just want to get that out of the way right now. As I was saying, Minnesota has had really high expectations going into this season because, well, looking at what they had coming back and what they had coming in, this was set to be one of the most talented teams in the country, as it always is. But it felt like there was a little bit more hype around this season, and the Gophers have lived up to the billing. This team is number one in the country in scoring offense, second in the country in scoring defense, and also, and this is a big one for me, the least penalized team in the country. The team being able to be so explosive on offense while being so clean on the ice as well is what really makes you feel like, or at least makes me feel like, this squad could be something special. There are other teams who have put up the kind of numbers the Gophers have before, been number one in offense, tops in defense, tops in penalties even too, but it's those ones that can do that last thing, at least I think, that are able to separate themselves from the really good teams to the great teams in college hockey or really in any sport. There's talent all over. The top of the top is going to be the best of the best. In more than just hockey, it's always been some of one of my beliefs, at least, that the people who can play the game making the least mistakes instead of making the best good plays is going to be the one that separates themselves. That's the difference between the champions and the ones that end up getting close, you know? This team plays really good and really, really smart. And they're going to be ready for this matchup this weekend, too. As I mentioned, Minnesota has three losses this season. One of them is against Wisconsin. This is also the first time that they've played a team that's beaten them. Again, it was the same weekend that Minnesota lost twice to Notre Dame. So I'm talking about, like, played Wisconsin, then has had time to think about that last weekend against the Badgers. So this is the first time since then that they've been able, or first time all season, that they've been able to play a team that they've lost to before. And also, this is the first time since dropping two against Notre Dame that Minnesota's had any sort of real test at home. They played a weekend against Arizona State. It was a 10-0 and 10-2 win. I don't think Gophers were too worried about that matchup. This one, though, they're ready for. 
Every game is huge for the Gophers, but this might even be the most important series to date this season for Minnesota. I think it could be just like mentally in their heads. Maybe it won't be like as far as standings and rankings go. Again, Wisconsin 12 and 11 in the polls, but I think that there's a good chance that Minnesota's really, really locked in for this, and we get a kind of postseason atmosphere as we get into Saturday and Sunday on the ice in both men's and women's matchups, of course. I'm excited to watch those hockey matchups over the weekend. Of course, Minnesota Gopher basketball is off for a few days. The women's team is on Sunday at it again at noon. The men's team will be on Monday night. Again, women's hockey starts up at 4 p.m. tomorrow. Men's team is actually tonight at 7 p.m. We'll have, of course, for you everything going on with the Gophers next week as we do every single weekday here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Until Monday, Nate Dickinson with you. Roll the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers.